Shabbat Shalom. This is going to be uh, a day of shul. You know what shul is? Shul in traditional synagogue, uh, the synagogue is called the shul because you come to learn. You sit down and you come to learn and, and hear from the Torah. And uh, so that's what we're going to do. So let's do the blessing before. Um, I'm, we don't have the Torah out, but we're going to speak from the Torah. So we need to bless the Torah before we speak. Baruch atah Adonai Eloheinu, melech haolam, asher bacharbanu miko ha'amim, v'natan lanu et Torah to baruch atah Adonai nutin ha'Torah. Blessed are you, Hashem, our God, King of the universe, who has selected us from all nations and given us his Torah. Blessed are you, Hashem, giver of the Torah. So um, my message is very interesting, going on the same theme here, but my message basically is titled, God is in this place, but I didn't know it. So how many um, know about the NFL draft? Okay, NFL. NFL means National Football League, for those who are not into sports. I have to remind myself that not everybody's into sports. My boys are into sports, we're into sports. So, so every season, uh, at, the, at the end of the season, there's an NFL draft where college players, mostly from the NCAA college football, are drafted into professional NFL. And what's interesting is, is that college players don't get to choose where they go. They get to go to choose where they go to college, but they don't get to choose what NFL team they play on. You are drafted in the order that you are drafted. You don't get to choose. And what's interesting is some of the best players go to some of the worst teams. But somehow the Jaguars don't seem to get the best players. But... <laughs> so we're getting better. Um, What's interesting, so as, as your kid growing up, you're dreaming, oh, I'm going to play, not me, but I'm going to play for the Cowboys or I'm going to play for uh, the Patriots, whoever's the Super Bowl champ. What's interesting is the best players usually go to the lowest, worst teams, right? They don't get to choose where they go. And in, our, in life, you don't get to choose where you end up sometimes. That's just the way it is. You're in the draft. You don't get to choose your mom. You don't get to choose your dad. You don't get to choose your brother. You don't get to choose your sister. You are where you are. And what are you going to do with it? So that's the beginning of the message. Um, how many have their little petit Torahs? How many have their scriptures with them? I hope you have some kind of form of scripture, digital. By the way, thank you, Chris for coming all the way from North Carolina to lead the worship for us. That's a schlep. Thank you for coming so much. So um, let's start. We're not, the current parsha is by Shev, but we are going to start in Genesis 28. Genesis 28 where Isaac blesses Yaakov, his son. 
So let's go there. Ready? Everyone have their Torahs? Okay. So this is the story of Yaakov's blessing. Then Isaac called Yaakov and blessed him and directed him. You must not take a wife from the Canaanite women. Arise, go to Padan Aram, to the house of Betuel, your father's mother, and take as your wife from there one of the daughters of Laban, your mother's brother. God Almighty, this is the blessing. God Almighty bless you and make you fruitful and multiply you, that you may become a company of peoples, a mighty nation. May he give you the blessing of Abraham to you and your offspring with you, that you may take possession of the land of your sojournings that God gave to Abraham. Thus Isaac sent Yaakov away, and he went to Padam Aram, to Laban, son of Betuel, the Aramean brother of Rebekah, Yaakov, and Esau's mother. Let's go on. Now Esau, that's the brother, saw that Isaac blessed Yaakov and sent him away to Badaram to take a wife from there, and that he blessed him and directed him. That is, Isaac directed him, you must not take a wife from the Canaanite women. And Yaakov, pay attention, Yaakov obeyed his father and his mother and went to Padamaram. And when Esau saw that the Canaanite women did not please Yitzhak, his father, Esau went to Ishmael and took as his wife, besides the wives he had, Mahalath, daughter of Ishmael, Abraham's son, the sister of Nebot. And Yaakov left Beersheba and went toward Haran. And he came to a certain place and stayed there that night because the sun had set. Taking one of the stones of the place, he put it under his head and lay down and went to sleep. So here's the scenario. Yitzhak blesses his, he has two sons, right? He puts the big blessing, whether it's fair or not fair, the big blessing went to Yaakov, the second son. What does Esau do? Instead of trying to get back on his dad's good side, he did the opposite and went to go find a wife among the Canaanite women. He says, I'm going to get you. This is how he reacted to his scenario, to his draft, so to speak. This is how he reacted. What did Yaakov do? Yaakov, it says, Yaakov obeys, and he went on a journey. He obeyed his father and his mother and went towards Padamaram. So this is the big blessing. The big blessing is you shall inherit the blessing of Abraham. What is the blessing of Abraham? That you'll be the father of many nations and that you will inherit the land of Eretz Israel. This is the big one, right? So you would think, Yitzhak, I'm giving you this, this is the big blessing. I'm going to give you a big send-off, right? So as a father, it's normal. You want to do the best for your kids. Me, I spoil my sons too much, you know? I do, especially when it comes to sports, right? So we're going to the Michigan semifinal in Arizona. Along the way, we're going to Colorado. 
It was a big trip. So what did I do? I, I got online. I got a nice hotel, not a Motel 6, a nice hotel by the slope. You know, rented the skis, rented a car. You know, I, I got everything. Aaron, will you do me a favor? Can you give me a... I got one here, so... Um, I, I want to, you know, I want, as a father, you want to you err on spoiling your kids. And sometimes it's not the right thing to do. Um, that's what I'm, so, so what does uh, Yitzhak do? So, in, I, I, you can imagine in, in, in Yaakov's mind, he's, this is the big one, right? This is, where's the big bucks? I'm, I'm getting the blessing. I'm getting the inheritance. Where's the big bucks, Right? I'm getting Grandpa's car. I'm getting that Mercedes, you know, that Grandpa had. What, what's, what's, what am I getting? What am I getting? I'm getting a send-off into the wilderness with not, not too much, we don't have too many details, but probably not too many goodies, not too many loaded bags. He's sent off into the wilderness by himself or maybe with a, a servant or two. Right? He's in the wilderness. He doesn't even get a Motel 6. Where does he sleep? He sleeps, it says, he took a rock, he took a stone, and used it as his pillow. He said, what, what kind of blessing is this? You bless me here, and then I go out, and this very same night, I'm sleeping in a, in a field of rocks. And I don't even have a sleeping bag. I don't even have a pillow, right? It's like going, your dad's sending you back to North Carolina and, and you end up next to 95 on some grass field. You don't even have enough dollars to put in your gas tank and you're, you're there, marooned in the night on your own, right? You're lonely, abandoned, you feel abandoned by your family, abandoned by God, probably. But guess what? Yaakov is obeying what his aunt, father and mother told him to do. Head that way. So he heads, he's heading that way, right? So let's go to verse 16. Verse 16. Was it? Hold on. So he went to sleep. Let me just put that scenario. He went to sleep. Let me just give a brief synopsis. He went to sleep. He had a dream. The dream was he saw angels going up to heaven, coming down to heaven. Hashem was at the end of the ladder. This is an amazing dream. This is an amazing dream. He see. He sees and experiences God. That's an amazing thing. How many of us had a dream like that? Right? He wakes up, and what does he say? Verse 16. Yaakov awoke from his sleep, and he said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I didn't know it. What place? The place with the rocks. That's the place. Says in Hebrew, Bayetz Yaakov, 
Mishnato. And Yaakov said, Bayomer, Ahen, Yesh, Adonai, Min Komo, Hazay, Be'anohi, Lo, Yadati. Surely the Lord is in this place, and I didn't know it. The Lord is in what place? The place with the rocks. The place that's desolate. The place that has no hope. The place is pretty bleak, right? The Lord is in this place, and I didn't know it. And it goes on. It says, and he was afraid, or he was probably filled with awe. And he said, how awesome is this place. This is no other but the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. What? This doesn't look like the pearly gates. I don't see any gates. I don't even see a, a, a nice temple. I don't see any, anything. I see rocks. It says in Hebrew, Bayira, Bayomer, Manora, Hamakom, Haze, Anze, Kiim, Bet, Elohim, Baze, Sha'ar, Hashemayim. He was in awe. How awesome is this place? This is no other but the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. So, do you. Y'all remember the, there was this show called Stargate? Remember that show? And all of a sudden, this gate, I mean, just this window would open. And you'd be transported through space to another place. It, it was just a brief moment. How many, how many know that? Remember that show? Everyone over 30, right? Okay. <laughs> so the, for you young guys, there was this show and a gate, a window in time, a window would open up and they'd be transported to another place and it would be an awesome place. And, that, and that's, that's the place. You're in the place of rocks when the gate of heaven opens up and you see God. It's in that place many times. God chooses the place, God chooses the time. But Yaakov's heart was right. And God was and Yaakov was just going on, doing what he needed to do, and God met him on the journey. God visited him when he didn't expect it. So expect the Lord to visit you. You just keep going on. Keep being faithful. Keep like like Steve was saying this morning. When you get up, thank God. This is a new day. I thank you, Lord. This is a great day, but nothing's changed. My work's the same. Or I don't have work. I don't have work again today. Nothing. No, this is a new day. I thank you, Lord. Our job is to thank the Lord. He does the rest. He will meet you on the journey. Our job is to be grateful. You can't outgive God. You can't outthink God. You can't be more ungrateful. He will far exceed whatever you think in your heart. So that's our job, to obey, be grateful in the journey. And you will, you, will, you will see God Almighty. You, just a normal guy. Chris, you're just a normal guy. You can see God Almighty, right? 
That's what's wonderful about this journey, you know. All of Israel and all the nations can see Hashem if they truly seek Him. You know, it says with lev emet, with a sincere heart, we have to seek the Lord. So, um, let me check, let me get the time. Let me I'll keep talking forever. Just ask my wife. Um, so, sometimes we don't choose the place where God blesses us. And, um, you know, it's neat talking about thanking God in the morning. Sometimes I feel I just have this spirit, Holy Spirit, come on me in the morning, and just it'll be early, and I think your mind is clear, and God can meet you in a certain way that He can't other times, and I'll just a, a sense a visit of the of the presence of Ruach Hakodesh of the Holy Spirit, and I just start thanking Him, and I'm, I don't understand it completely, but I know God is present at at the moment in a special way. So, I want to say that, you know, we don't always choose when and how God's going to bless us. And uh, about five years ago, we, had, we have a company. The name of our company is called Pioneer Equipment. And our strength was to do exports and international business. And that just kind of crashed about... Five six, five, six years ago. And I'm praying with Rabbi. And um, we're praying, you know, how do, can we get this going? How, you know, uh, how can we, what new country can we find? You know what? The Lord said, uh, I think the blessing is right here. How? Uh, it's something you always said you can't do. What? Okay. It's start renting equipment here in Jacksonville, Florida. What? No, I don't want to do that. Yes, that's where my blessing is. Start doing it. So I had a few pieces of construction equipment, and we started, within two weeks, we started renting from that moment. I'd, I'd never rented anything in my life. I mean, construction-wise. We started renting, and we went from one, two pieces, now, you know, we're over 50 pieces five years later because the Lord's in it, and the Lord directed us. And so here we're praying, I want my blessing over there. Your blessing's here. Lord says here. The Lord is in this place, and I didn't know it. The Lord, the Lord of rentals. I was looking for the Lord of exports. He's the Lord of rentals for me. For my family, for Michelle Allen, and the Allen family, that, that was, that's where the blessing was, here. I, the Lord's blessing was here, and I didn't know it until the gate of heaven, until he opened my eyes. And I walked through that gate and, and, and walked into his blessing, right? So that, that, your blessing is not always where you're looking, is what I'm telling you. Your blessing might just be where you're at. And your situation and your circumstance might not change. 
for the short term. What do we do? Are we Esau, Esav? We, we rebel? Or do we, like Yaakov, do we obey, keep moving, and every day thank the Lord that he is with us, even when we don't see him? And sometimes we get heavenly revelations in the mundanest of places. We want that revelation, you know, it's like you want that, you're 40 seconds left in the football game, you know, and he's throwing that wide receiver, catches it in the corner, and so boom, we won the game. We beat Ohio State. No, I'm just kidding. Well, I'm a Michigan guy. So we did beat Ohio State this year. Um, so we're always looking for that big win, right? But it doesn't happen like that all the time. It doesn't happen like that. In fact, I'd say most of the time it doesn't happen like that. You know, it happens in the mundanest moments of our life. We just keep moving, we're faithful, and God meets us on the road. Yaakov is in the field, probably in the lowest point. He's a mama's boy, and he's never camped outside, right? And he's in, on the ground. This is, must be the lowest point in his life that he's had. And the Lord meets him there. So it can't get too bad where the Lord can't find you. Amen? All right, so let's go to Vayeshev is this week's portion, the Parsha for this week, which is um, Psalms 37. Not Psalm, I'm sorry. Uh, Genesis 37. Vayeshev Yaakov Ba'eretz Magure Aviv Ba'eretz Kanaan. And Yaakov, this is later, lived in the land where his father was a stranger, in the land of Canaan. So we're going to go, the baton is going to get passed from Yaakov to Yosef. And you think it'd be a glorious moment. And guess what? It's completely the opposite. So um, the story picks up here of Yosef, right? And we have the story of Yosef. And he's a, he's a young, 17, little cocky, you know? He's got it together. How many guys, how many of you guys are 17? Any of you guys 17, 16, 18, 15? Okay, you're getting there. I got a 17-year-old. You can't tell him hardly anything. But so here's another story about Yosef. And instead of just being where he doesn't want to be, he actually suffers in he suffers injustice in his life. He suffers wrongs that are done to him, right? And in that day and time, there wasn't tort law and suing and lawyers every corner, you know. There was just trusting in the Lord. So we're going to go through the story, but there's four big injustices that Yosef suffered. One, 
He was betrayed by his brothers and sold into slavery. Two, after serving Potiphar, his Egyptian slave master, he was set up by the wife, false uh, witness, and thrown into jail for something he didn't do. Three, he was locked in prison for 10 years plus for something he did not do. Four, when he had a chance to get out, the, the butler, chief butler of Pharaoh, forgot about him, and he sat in prison for two more years. So if any guy had a complaint in life, this guy had a complaint, right? So let's start. Let's start with the story of Joseph, right? The, Mr. Know-it-all. Psalms, Bear uh, Sheets, Genesis 37. Verse 2. These are the generations of Yaakov. Yosef, being 17 years old, was pastoring the flock with his brothers. He was a boy with sons of Be with the sons of Bila, Silpa, his father's wives. Joseph brought a bad report. He tattletailed on them to their father. Now Israel loved Joseph more than any other of his sons, because he was the son of his old age, and he made him a robe of many colors. But when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers, they hated him and could not speak peaceably to him. Now Yosef had a dream, and when he told it to his brothers, they hated him even more. And he said, hear this dream that I have dreamed. Behold, so hey, behold means hey. Listen up, guys. Behold, we were binding sheaves in the field, and behold, my sheaf arose and stood upright. And behold, your sheaves gathered around it and bowed down to my sheaf. So they were very, very annoyed, to say the least. You know that little spoiled brother that just, you know, and then he's, then he's cocky on top of that. You know, he's, you know, so they, they just got him. So... You can imagine they've been talking and talking about how, what they're going to do to their little brother, but they just get him alone without dad, you know? So I know this because they got two sons. <laughs> when dad's not around. Verse 18. They saw him from afar, and before Yosef came near to them, they conspired against him to kill him. They said to one another, here comes this dreamer boy. Then farther down, in verse 28, what did they do to him? The Midianite traders passed by. They took Yosef and lifted him out of the pit, sold him as a slave for 20 pieces of silver. And the, slave, the new slave owners of Yosef took him to Egypt. Verse 31, they took Yosef's robe and slaughtered a goat and dipped the robe in the blood. And they sent the robe of many colors and brought it to their father and said, we have found, this we have found, please identify whether this is your son's robe or not. And he identified it. It's my son's robe, a fierce animal has devoured him. Yosef is without doubt torn to pieces. So, here's, there's two great injustices here. 
One is obviously, well, besides beating him up, they sold your brother as a slave. No matter how much you hate your brother, do you sell your brother to, as a slave? That's one. But I would say even one of the a, a worse injustice is they erased his memory. They erased his memory. They dipped his robe in blood and took it to the father. Erasing his father, lost hope, scratched Yosef out of his life. That is the worst injustice of all. That's what the Nazis did, too. The Nazis not only wanted to kill us, they wanted to extinguish our name, any memory. Burn all the Torahs. Burn all the records. So we don't even have a record of who you are. That's finishedin. Make nothing out of you. That's the great evil that, that Stephen was talking about. But they were erasing him and erasing his inheritance, obviously, too. He had no chance to get an inheritance. We're going to get it, right? So that's a huge injustice to Yosef. So they took him. So you can imagine, he's on the road. What happens? He gets sold to an Egyptian captain in Potiphar's army and becomes a slave. So did he choose Esau's way to be very bitter? about this? Or did he choose Yaakov's way? I thank God where I am. Imagine, you're a slave. Do you thank God? You don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. You might be a slave the rest of your life. So he had a choice. He had a choice to thank God. Get up the next day, thank God. Right? So let's go, let's go and see what his new master saw in him that was different. Right? Let's go to Genesis 39. Genesis 39. Let's read from the beginning, just to get some context. Now Joseph had been brought down to Egypt, and Potiphar, the officer of Pharaoh, the captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought him from the Ishmaelites, Ishmaelites who had brought him down there. And the Lord was with Joseph. What? The He's a slave. He just got betrayed. The Lord is with Joseph. How? How? Well, it says how. He became a successful man, and he was in the house of his Egyptian master. His master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord caused all that he did to succeed in his hands. Joseph found favor in the sight of the Egyptian and attended him and made him overseer of his whole house and put him in charge of all that he had. How is this kid different? He was just a kid. 17, 18. How is he different? What did he see? So, first of all, it's what you didn't see. What we didn't see. How does Yosef get up the next day? How does he choose to be in the situation that he did not choose. He did not choose to be there. It was chosen for him. How did he choose? He chose to, he chose to follow 
the God of his forefathers, of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He chose to continue to follow that God, our God, which although the family of that, of his family, the family of Yaakov abandoned him and left him as a slave. He continued to choose. He continued to choose God's faithfulness to him. That was, that's a big step, actually, for a kid, 17, 18-year-old kid who's never probably been out of his daddy's house, right? He didn't make a choice. You boys right there, you young men, you're going to have to make a choice pretty soon. That's what I tell my boys. You have to make a choice as a man. Who are you going to follow? What are you going to do? So the Lord is with him. And the Lord blesses him in a dark place. It's a dark place. It's a dark place for him, right? Sometimes we think we're in a dark place. Is God going to bless us there or pull us out first? Are you going to wait for him to get, pull you out? Or are you just going to decide? Let me thank the Lord today. He will meet me here. Bitterness, injustice, grievance, reparations. Is that what he chose? No, he chose the God of his forefathers. God of Abraham, Isaac, and Yaakov. So he does well. He's put in charge of all of Potiphar's house. The only thing he doesn't get, what's the one thing that he doesn't, he's not allowed to have? One, one thing that he doesn't have special access. The wife, of course. He, and he didn't even consider it. But the wife had other ideas. She wanted to hook up with him. And went after him day after day after day. And finally grabbed him one day, and he, and he fled. And probably the other servants saw it, and she covered herself up. She covered her sin, which was adultery. She wanted to cover it up and said, look, this guy tried to rape me. And she waited till her husband came home. And after serving faithfully, Let's say you had a job as a carpenter and you served faithfully, you know, and you did a great job for four or five years. And wife comes in and, and just rats you out. And, does, and you don't have any say. You don't have any. He had no defense. He's a, remember, he's a slave. You don't have a defense. Same day, he's in jail again for something he did not do. Injustice. That's another injustice, isn't it? Because sometimes you think, hey, I'm progressing here. I'm getting out of the situation. And then you get out of the situation, and you're in a worse situation, right? But God let it happen. So he's in prison. He's in prison for something second time, well, first time, He's in prison for something he didn't do. Let's go to that. So verse 21, we skip down. Well, let's start with verse 20. 
And Joseph's master took him and put him in, into prison. And the place where the king's prisoners were confined, and he was there in prison. With the good guys, the bad guys, whoever, whoever's in prison. Just imagine who's in prison. A whole, a whole different group of guys, right? But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him steadfast love and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of prison. Or the warden, let's say by the name we know. He gave him sight, favor in the sight. But I don't want favor here. I don't want to be here. Keep your favor. I don't want the favor of here. I'm in prison. God chose to give him favor. Where? In prison. Would you choose that? I'm sure he didn't choose that either. Right? So God chooses... The place where he blesses us and the timing of the blessings, right? And, you know, it's not that Yosef didn't want to get out of prison. You know, we're in tough situations and we, you know, we want a better situation. It's normal, right? You're in a tough situation, family situation. You're in a tough situation with sickness. Tough situation with your job. It's normal. We want to be in a better spot, okay? But how long is it going to take to get there? We don't know. What do you do meantime? That's your choice. That's your choice. What are you going to do in the meantime, right? So you can imagine Yosef. He said, okay, you know, hey, you know, I'm just be faithful. After six months, God's going to rescue me. Six months goes by. Uh, it's a year. Year's enough, Lord. It's a year's enough. I've learned. I've, I know. I'm, okay. I'm ready. Nothing. Two years. Three years. Eventually, you know what? He forgot about even getting out, probably. He just continued to serve the Lord. Such that the warden of the prison entrusted the whole prison administration to him because he was being he was faithful now if you think if he had a bad attitude against the lord and was not following the lord do you think any he would have any favor no his favor so peniel what does that mean peniel peniel means the face of god so it means that he was he was in prison in the dark place he was Seeking the Lord, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Yaakov. He was seeking him every day such that he had light, energy, love to give to other prisoners. There's just no, there's no other way. He had the Spirit of God, the face of God shining on him such that the face of God was shining out of him to other prisoners, to the warden. So when's the right time? When is he, 
When is he going to be free? Right? Here's, here's his question. Meanwhile, he's contenting himself in the Lord. You know, um, Tolstoy, who's a Russian writer, he wrote a very short story about a guy who, who suffered injustice. It's the same story like Joseph and put in a gulag in Siberia for something he didn't do. And the guy was in there for like seven years. And no one rescued him. And the guy became content and he even met his false accuser. In the, and then finally asked him, someone asked him, uh, you still believing in God? Why? He says, you know what? God knows the truth, but he waits. God knows the truth, but he's waiting. He's waiting for what? I don't know. But if, if he's waiting, you're going to wait. <laughs> you go with the program. Remember, you're drafted. You're drafted. So you might as well, you know, if you're playing for the Jaguars, go to, you go to camp. You go to practice. Keep a good attitude, you know. God will meet you there. So he finally gets his big chance, right? What's his big chance? Well, first of all, let me, let me just touch on this. How do we know that God's presence was, was with him? Okay, how do we know that ya Yaakov had the presence of God? Let's go to Genesis 40. It, it's his big break. It's his, it's his chance to get out of prison, okay? But we're, we're going to notice something about Yaakov. So let's go to um, verse 6. When Yosef came to them in the morning and he saw that they were troubled. Who was troubled? The cupbearer and the chief baker of the pharaoh that was thrown into prison previously. So he asked the pharaoh's officers who were with him in custody in his master house, why are your faces downcast today? And they said to him, we've had dreams and there's no one to interpret them. And Yosef said to them, do not interpretations belong to God? Please tell them to me. So there's two things here. How do we know Yosef is a man of God? who's living in prison. This is probably 10 years later. Remember we talked about one, two years? We're probably at 10 years now. And then these two guys come in. First of all, why would, why would anybody care about anybody else in prison? I got my time. I got, I, this happened to me. I've had this injustice. Whatever your deal is your deal. This is my deal. I got to live with it. Was Joseph like that? No. When they came to him, he said to them, Man of God, why are your faces downcast? So he had mercy. He had something to give. Even though his own situation wasn't resolved, he had something to give somebody else. Right? The other thing is, you know he's still believing God. That God can provide the answers. Why? He says, do not interpretations belong to God. So he goes, and you know the story, right? He interprets the dreams. The one guy 
will be killed, the baker, and the cupbearer will get his job back in three days, right? And he knows, he knows what he's saying will happen. He knows from what, how does he know? He knows from the Spirit of God. God is with him at the moment. God gives him the interpretation. God's with him. He only says, he only says one thing. Verse 14. He says, only remember me. When it, when it is well with you, please do me the kindness and mention me to Pharaoh so to get me out of this house. For I was indeed stolen out of the land of the Hebrews. And here also I have done nothing that they should put me in the pit. So, you think, okay, so what happened that way? The baker, he gets, he gets the axe, right? And the cupbearer, he gets his job back. Does the cupbearer remember him? No, he does not. Of course, Yosef doesn't know this. So Yosef's thinking, well, the guy got his job back. Let him get settled, you know what I mean? Let him get settled and... Uh, then he'll remind, remember, and they'll talk to Pharaoh, you know, at a good time. So 30 days goes by. Okay, you know what, it's probably about time, right? Nothing. Okay, you know, let me be a little more patient. 60 days. Okay, maybe, you know, maybe got sick, whatever. 90 days. Right? Something's wrong. We know something's wrong now, right? Three months go by. And there's no word. There's no, you know, pink slip. There's nothing, no message to the prison. Six months goes by. The hope is diminished, right? You can imagine after one year, this guy, this guy who I helped get out of here, he forgot about me. So at a certain point, <laughs> injustice upon injustice, right? This is not fair. It's not fair. Is it fair? It's not fair. Right? How can God treat me like this? This is like, now I'm 10 years. This is 11 years. It even says the chief cupbearer did not remember Joseph. Chapter 41, right in the beginning. He says, after two years, Pharaoh dreamed a dream. So two years, it means two years Yosef was in there with his hope, right? So again, he did not give in to bitterness. He did not give in to hopelessness. He stayed the course, whether it was going to be one year, two years, whatever. He would already came to that resolution inside himself. If it's here, if i got to be here, I'm going to serve the Lord here. This is my situation. I'm going to serve the Lord. Is anyone in prison here? So no, nothing's that bad, right? So two years later, he's taken out of prison he's, and lifted up to Pharaoh, released and becomes the number two man within, within the week. He's the number two man in Egypt from being a prisoner, right? That's what we focus on because that's, that's the catch, right? That's the touchdown win, right? Catching that ball, 40 seconds left, we, we won. 
Yes, that's the win. But what did it take to get there? You know? What's, where is the faith? Where's the emunah? The emunah is when nobody's looking. When, when it sees. So, the Lord is in your place and you didn't know it. And the gate of heaven can open at any moment. Amen? That's it. So, uh, the Lord bless you and keep you and make his face shine upon you.